0: electronic walkabout. No one should have to walk through life alone. We share the good times, the bad times, and the best times. Everyone needs a little direction now and again, and TC and Wilkie are here to show you the way. A podcast where we talk about the important things in life. Come journey with us. Hello, this is your host TC, and together with Wilkie, we welcome you to another episode of eWalkabout. A podcast where we talk about the important things in life. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Journey with us today as we welcome another guest and talk about the importance of spiritual health. As we travel through this world, we must always strive to find a sound body and a sound mind. Understanding what spiritual health can do for us is so important. Religion has opened so many doors and made our lives full as we navigate this crazy world of ours. Join us as we explore what religion can do for you and is yours for the taking. We welcome Brock Adams as he shares how religion has become a part of his life and how he shares that with others to inspire them to live a better life. But first, as always, a good news.
1: Yeah, good morning, TC. Brock, thanks for joining. Um, My good news story is like, I guess, a half and half good news story. So... You know how much I research these good news stories and i painstakingly go through the news and the social media videos. But I saw one where this uh, must have been a vacation destination. This lady was struggling in the waves. Everybody's standing on the beach line, just staring at her struggle with these waves and just getting crushed. She's lying down. All of a sudden, this guy from out of nowhere behind the camera sprints out there with no regard for himself, flies in the water, grabs her and just gets pummeled by these waves but keeps bringing her to shore. And as they're just about there, another big wave comes, hammers them again, but he's holding on to her, grabs her, brings her to safety, and she ended up being okay. Shout out to that guy who... Went through these 30 people to go and save this lady because these 30 people were just standing there, not jumping out there and helping. I thought it was pretty cool of him to, he was like a superhero running to save her.
0: Yeah, we need more superheroes like that in our life. Yeah, exactly. Well, Brock, thanks for joining us this morning. We we truly appreciate it. Uh, I'm just going to start, like, how did you, how did religion end up entering your life? Or,
1: or that
2: stuff. Well, uh, TC and Wilkie, thanks for having me and giving me the yeah. opportunity to talk about, uh, I guess, share of my thoughts and feelings on uh, uh, on religion. It's a very important topic for for me in my, in my life. So, both of my grandfathers were pastors. So, I grew up with a uh, like a religious family, and that was a heavy influence on my upbringing. When I was fourteen, uh, my parents. Uh, they split up. And so at that point, I really began to question uh, just a lot in life. So my life is changing. It's a lot different. Mm-hmm. And, and I made the decision where it's like, well, I want to make this. If I follow this the rest of my life, I want to make sure that, it, that it's mine. And it is, it's my personal belief that everybody should know why they believe what they believe. And they should also know why they don't believe what they don't believe. And so for me, I spent a lot of time pursuing, researching other beliefs, religions, atheism, agnosticism as well. Uh, and then for me, it really came down to there was one moment I could think of where um, where I, w- I was just praying to God. And I, I, I said to him, um, you know what, I, I'm going to give you a shot, which sounds in my mind funny for a human talking to talking to God. I'm going to give you a shot to prove yourself, that you're the real deal. And if you're not, I'm going to move on to some of these other things that I've been I've been looking into, and since that moment, I've never, I've never really looked back. And, and God's been a huge part of my life. And I would say, from that moment on, it became less about something I kind of grew up with and did, and more part of my life uh, mm-hmm. from that point forward. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, and uh, what what motivates
2: you to share religion with us? Yeah, so I've read the Bible since I was a kid on a very regular basis, and so it is my personal belief that there's a lot of wisdom in in the book, and so um, and there's a lot of wisdom in just other uh, religious books as well. And so I believe that even if a person is not religious, there are things we can learn from religion that can provide a blueprint to, to live well. And I, I have a few examples here that have meant a lot to me in my life. One, speaking from the Bible, uh, from my personal beliefs, there's Proverbs thirteen twenty that says, whoever walks with the wise uh, becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. So in other words, if you surround yourself with wise people, you, you grow in wisdom. But if you surround yourself with fools, it doesn't say that you get foolish. It says that their foolish decisions will negatively affect your life. And so sometimes we think like, oh, I can hang out with people that, you know, maybe don't make the greatest decisions because I'm not going to become like them. But what that's saying is almost the shrapnel from their bad decisions will affect you. And so that's a whole, that's just one verse that talks about choosing your friends wisely. There's another one in Matthew 6 where, where Jesus asks, how many of us can add a minute to our lives by worrying? In other words, what's the point of worrying? And he says, "Enough. Uh, we have enough worries of the day. Why do we worry about all these things in the future? What good does worry do us? And in, in, in the book of Genesis, it talks about, uh, there's a story with Joseph about family and forgiveness and how many of us have encountered in our own lives or lives of people we know, family divisions and family fighting. And, and so how do you move past that? How can you forgive or maybe not forgive or forgive, but maybe not trust to the same degree? How do you work out all those dynamics? So in my mind, there's a lot. That we can learn from from different religious texts and religious books and of course there's like there's a a classic david and goliath which what i really love about that story is how david gets asked in order to defeat this giant to put on he's 16 gets asked to put on the armor and and use the weaponry of of grown men and so it doesn't fit it doesn't work and he says i'm just going to grab a sling and a stone instead that's how i'm going to roll and then doesn't he defeats the giants and and to me what that demonstrates is how We got to be ourselves and do things our way. We don't have to do things how other people, how other people do them. And so for me, there's so many different life lessons that we can take. Uh, And from my life that I've taken from the Bible and even the same passages or the same stories I've taken different meanings from them Mm -hmm. at different points in my life depending on what I'm going through or even like uh, that I'm growing as a person and I'm getting older so something hits me different or I'll read something that never really stood out to me before and then all of a sudden it stands out to me based on my current life experience and so for me and in my life I believe there's so much advice life advice in the Bible that can help us to live well and be a guide and I know that's true of other uh, religious religious texts as well.
0: Well, thanks, and and I I think I mentioned the Wilkie. That's that's one one book, an important book that I do want to take the time and read one day. And and truly, what what you've just explained to us is 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 the reason why. I think there's so much practical, mm-hmm. i call it advice. Yes. that at the end of the day, will give us a better insight how to live a better life, mm-hmm. and it's just a matter of taking that time. And and I was wondering, how long has that file been around? The, the Bible? Yeah. Uh well the <laughs> spot. No, it's fine. Yeah.
2: You no, know, it's all gets so uh there's the Old Testament and then there's the the New Testament. And so in regards to the Old Testament, uh what some people so there are different ideas of how long certain passage parts of the Bible have been around and also how certain aspects of the Bible or certain books were written. So the Bible has sixty-six books, it's broken up into the New Testament. And the Old Testament, so it's like sixty-six books in one. Some have, you know, like Book of Psalms has hundred and something—I can't remember—hundred fifty something chapters. Some books are just one chapter, and so it's a compilation of books uh, molded into into one. And so the Old Testament um, would cover, offhand, if I'm remembering correctly, it would be a couple thousand years before uh, before Christ. And then you would have the New Testament, which is, which then would have been written about the earliest books would have started the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, 60 to 90 uh, years um, after the death of Christ. And so you you have a bit of a bit of a range, and then there's after the the, the developments of the early church as well. And so you have a range of events from a few. Um, a few thousand years that make up the Christian Bible. Now there's the Catholic Bible that would add some other books that are not included in the Christian Bible called the Apocrypha. But then there's also the um, the Jewish Bible, it's called the Torah. And at least in my understanding, you have the, the Pentateuch, which are the first five books of the Bible as well. So it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And that's kind of their holy text. Yeah. But then there are other aspects that would be encompassed as well. Mm-hmm. And so there are, so they're out of like the... And even from my understanding too, there's in Islam they they would also acknowledge certain aspects and certain books and passages of the Bible as well. And so there's a lot going in when you're talking about the Bible and how it was how it was composed and how it was translated. Because even with that, so it's, it would have been written in, in ancient Hebrew, and then during Jesus' day they would have spoken uh, Aramaic. It's a form of Greek, and so because uh, that would have been like how English is the the language of business and, mm-hmm. and and uh entertainments and everything Greek would have been that way in the Mediterranean world a couple thousand years ago. So they would have known Greek and a lot of a lot of the Jewish people would have known Hebrew as well. So you got Hebrew Bible and then you got the Greek New Testament and then it gets translated. And so there's so that you have what's the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. So you're translating the Hebrew into that Greek and then you're making up that Bible. And then you have the Vulgate which is both of those translations into Latin, and then as you get further into the medieval world, you have the translations into English, into uh, the Protestant Reformation, German, so on and so forth. And so that's just a, a small glimpse, of kind of how the Bible is composed. And it, it's it's a big question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And I'll tell you, and just from my experience, as soon as you say the word "translate." That means to me that there's always gonna be a little bit of loss of meaning or the intent of that mm-hmm. original writing. Yeah. But in between there'll be a common thread that really is the point, right? So
2: yes. So yes. And so that's one of the um, I guess you could say, arguments a lot of people have in regards to how do you know that the Bible is is a trustworthy book to read? Like how do you know what you have read um is what was what was written, you know thousands of years ago, right? And so one of the ways to look at that is, so you would have had the ancients, mostly the ancient Hebrews would have painstakingly uh, copied everything like letter by letter. And if there's a mistake, so they don't they don't have a computer on Microsoft Word where they can hit delete a couple of times and then that's it. It's your handwriting something out. And so you've got to scroll per se. And then if there's a mistake, you got to throw the whole thing out. So it's a painstaking process to make sure that you get everything. Yeah. Um, correct. And so there's a there's a there's a group of documents called the Dead Sea Scrolls. And, and in essence, um, if I'm remembering correctly offhand, what it what it demonstrates is that some of those ancient Hebrew translations they they, they compare well because they would have been. Oh, I'm trying to think offhand. Um, So they would have been near the Dead Sea. So the Romans, the Jews and the Romans um, had, uh, the the Jews would rebel against the Romans because the Romans occupied Palestine. And so what ended up happening is some of these scrolls got buried. And so then what's been able to happen is they've been able to, I guess you could say archaeologists, translators, they would have been able to look at this and say, oh, what was written thousands of years ago lines up with some of the translations and stuff that we have now. So So the word for word, you're right. Translation can get, it's it's some things just don't translate. And there are, are idiomatic expressions that that don't um that don't work in other languages. For example, if like I make fun of you, like, oh, you just got burned. Well, if someone's learning English, they're like, oh, is there is there a fire? Like what is that <laughs> what does that mean, right? Or the cats out of the bag. Yeah. Th- th- those sort of things don't necessarily translate in other languages. So so you're right in the fact that you would lose that. But with some of these ancient documents and ancient scrolls and how they've lined up with, with what we have currently. It demonstrates that the the essence, the overall meaning hasn't changed. So if I said to you, I had spaghetti for supper on Tuesday, and then you asked me, "Oh, what did you have? What did would you have for supper this week?" I'm like, "Oh, on one of the days I had pasta." It's virtually the same thing, but maybe the words are they're not quite equal, right? But mm-hmm. some of the things, some of the, some of it doesn't directly translate over. But the essence and the meaning they they still would remain the same.
0: Wow. Well, again, like, like I said, one of these days I will pick up that book and page by page. And I think if I were to go up to my office, I would find a Bible that has my dad's. is like one of his right. things. Yeah. I'm, I'm really one day I look forward to. to turn mm-hmm. pages. So not everybody. Right. No, if, 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 if I'm not a religious person. What right. could you share with me that's going
1: to make my life better? Yeah, okay. uh, I like that question because I'm I'm not really either, but mm-hmm. I believe there's something right. Yeah. I I believe I have a bit of spirituality, and I'm always I always listen to other people's thoughts, and right, I'm not so yeah. close-minded. And I believe after I pass, I'm doing something. I'm just mm-hmm. not going to lie there and be warm food. I, I truly yeah. believe that. Like I truly believe. I don't know why, but there's something out there after. So Tom's question, I sorry I cut you off. Oh, T- That's right What could you share in your experiences that would promote a person's spiritual well-being? And what would that be?
2: Yeah, I like what you're saying. So I'll start off by, I guess discussing what you just said about believing that there's something and so it's it's my belief that no matter what a person believes faith is required because if you believe so people ask well where did god come from that that's a great question mm-hmm. um if you know if you're someone who's like i don't believe that a higher power or or higher powers created anything then the question that still needs to be answered is well how did we get here and some of the answers, like the Big Bang Theory, then the yeah. follow up question would be, well, well, where did those two? Um, I'm, I'm simplifying, right? But yeah. where did those two rocks come from that crashed into each other that created life? Where did they come from? Yeah. Right. And so no matter which way you slice it, faith is, is required. Nobody was there at the very beginning of time. At one point, there would have had to have been nothing. And then there was something. Right. And none of us alive were there at that particular moment. So no matter what a person chooses to believe, it is my personal thought that faith is required. And so what often happens is people think, in order to explore um, spirituality or other religions, I have to leave logic and reason behind. Mm-hmm. But that is not my belief. I think there are very intelligent people that would be atheists, and very intelligent people that would be spiritual, right. or, or would follow a religion. And so, for me, I, that's why I feel the question is important. Why do you believe what you believe, and yeah. why do you not believe the things that you you don't believe? And if a person can answer those questions um, intelligently, I think then they're they're on the on the right track. Mm-hmm. And so, for me in my pursuit, like how, how does, how can religion be helpful to, to anybody? I, I feel for one, in the book and i'll just use the bible as an example i feel as i was sharing before that there are a lot of there are a lot of stories there are a lot of uh, even character arcs there are a yeah. lot of, like my favorite book is the book of proverbs and so a proverb is is an ancient saying so that's the one where training a fool suffers harm yeah um there is a i believe because this is the other thing people ask too well how is the bible relevant today and you know we're so different i would argue uh, i don't think we are that different i, I think humans two to 4,000 years ago uh, are, are, are just humans. Like we have ups and downs, hills and valleys in life. We have struggles. Things may look different, right? Like, so if you read the Bible and, and this is where some of the cultural, some of the cultural, uh, differences would come in line. So you're reading it and so many of the the stories are in relation to farming, but most people aren't farmers anymore, (laughs) right? And so it's a completely different world. It's like, well, what does the Bible say about the internet? Well, the internet wasn't around back then. So what people do then is it's easy to make the assumption to think this is an old book And, and a lot of other religions, they're old and they don't apply today. But my argument would be this book and other religious books are applicable because the human condition and human nature is the same. We maybe we can dress it up differently, how we look and the, our hobbies and activities, but in reality, humans are still humans.
1: Well, you're you're right because it is relevant. Because surround yourself with wise. Yeah. Like if I hung out with deadbeats, I would have turned out a deadbeat. Exactly. If I didn't have the friends I had in high school, my life would have went a totally different direction. Right. Yeah. So it does relate. Well,
2: and there's there's an interesting passage that talks about it's one example I think of where bitterness rots the bones. And so if you were to if you were to ask, you know, someone back then, it's like, well, well, what are the neurological and and, and psychological responses to things like stress or worry or bitterness? They, they they wouldn't be able to give a response. Right. But they could tell you that person looks like they're rotting on the inside. And I'm sure we've met people that are angry, bitter, vindictive, and you can tell like you are dying on the inside. Yeah. But there isn't the physiological, psychological, sociological, right, neurological terms to go along with it, and so so that's one of the other um, I guess arguments people have against the Bible or spiritualities. They'll say things like, "Well, no, science just answers. Science just answers everything that people used to wonder about." And it is my personal belief that I feel that a science and religion do not have to be enemies, that they can actually coexist. Mm-hmm. And I think if there were religious people that were maybe more open to some scientific ideas and some scientific people were more open to some of the religious texts, they would see that some of the observations that people made without technology, because then you're forced to look at the world and look at people in a different way. Yeah, you would see things in a way that can be explained scientifically. Yeah. You know, but you don't have that, you don't have those terms. And then if if you look at things scientifically or sociologically, you can take that aspect and look at a religious text and maybe make some connections. Before that, you wouldn't have been able to make if you didn't marry those two ideas together.
0: Yeah, that's a good answer. I'm really good. <laughs> Not surprising either. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what has been your biggest challenge when it comes to sharing religion with people? Uh, there are a couple. One is what I just mentioned, how people
2: yeah. feel they have to leave logic and reason um, at the door. Uh, the other is... and. I, it, I have found that there are a lot of people that have either been hurt by religious people or hurt by a church or a religious institution. And then what ends up happening is they turn off completely from any sort of spiritual connection. And so I, I, I feel that's unfortunate because um, there are a lot of people in our society and I've ran into I've ran into them, I've met lots of them, that they I feel that they don't truly represent represent well some of the messages in religious books or religious texts. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is we can close ourselves off maybe a bit too soon. And so for me, what I try to do is so, I'll, so I'm a Christian, so this is Christianity as an example. So when I see people protesting on the side of the road with the megaphones, and I'm sure we've all seen them and the signs, but just a bunch of, you know, nonsensical stuff that's being said, it's like, I don't look at that and go, oh, uh, something's wrong with God. What I do is I go, oh, something maybe isn't quite right with this, this individual. And I'm gonna try not to let how certain people Uh, behave and act, um, and even if it's towards me, which has happened in my life, Mm -hmm. affects what I believe about God. And so God is God no matter what. And people are imperfect, fallen humans that are going to screw up and make mistakes. Therefore, to me, I try not to let how other people act affect how I, my relationship and how I interact with God. I try to separate the two. And so I feel what happens is a lot of people um, they, they they struggle with that, and I can understand why. If you have a couple of bad experiences, you get burned by people or an institution. It's hard to open yourself up to that again, and so that's something that I've encountered a lot. Where people they'll tell like heartbreaking stories of when they've they've been heartbroken, and and you know, and and, it, and it's really hard. And, and and then I just say in those situations, or I do my best to say people are broken and fallen and imperfect, and and try to let like try to develop a relationship with God separate from other people. So your relationship with God is yours. And so something I've tried to live by is like, I try to let my faith determine my circumstances rather than my circumstances determine and shape my faith. Mm -hmm. So that no matter what happens, like God is still God and my relationship with him is secure. And so regardless of what happens around me, um, I'm still steady and strong um, within that. And that's something that I've tried to do and that I have found I'm helpful in my life. And I find that it's very difficult to do. So a lot of the opposition I've had towards people, it's either been the atheist saying like logic and reason. No, like I want to hold on to them. I'm not interested in spirituality or people that tried and got and, and then got burned. Got burned. And then that's a hard hurdle mm-hmm. to to get over.
0: Yeah. But I am just listening to you. But help me with this mm-hmm. is that it sounds to me that when let's say if I were to go to church every Sunday, Mm-hmm. Really, it's not about me going to church to be part of a congregation. It's really that personal relationship I might have with God that's more important than anything, just based on what I'm hearing from you. Is that, does that make sense? Or? Yeah,
2: that's the the relationship with God is the most important component. Um, in my opinion, uh, if, if someone is so for talking Christianity here is of someone's um, spirituality. However, church is is a part of that. But church can look a bunch of different ways. There are people that meet in homes. There are people that meet in small churches, some people that meet in large ones. Uh, church can be a great way for people to um, learn, also connect with community uh, and, 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 and kind of experience and live life with uh, with other people. So there are, and even to serve and help people and reach out into the community as well. And so there are different reasons why people would go to church, but I would agree with your statements and that I feel number one, a person's relationship with God should be the primary focus and then and then other stuff can fall from that.
0: That uh, makes sense to me. You wouldn't do what you do as, as, as far as religion is concerned if there wasn't something that, that was rewarding to you. And mm-hmm. what what has been the most rewarding? And, and I'll just say sharing God's word. So. Yeah,
2: I w- I'd say there are two, two things come to mind. One is that the relationships that get built uh, with people is just it's like... Sports, right? What do, what do you remember the most from your sports? It's, it's your buddies, the people yeah. you played with, yeah. right? And so I feel in a lot of ways where if you end up having deep connections, relational, spiritual connections with other people, uh, whether it's in a mentorship role or whether you're side by side or whether you're going on a trip to, to, to help some you know less fortunate people out or whether you're learning and growing together, those relationships, they can last a, a lifetime. And so that's something that's been meaningful. Then the other thing for me is seeing people make decisions that are on their own. So, And it may seem counterintuitive because I am a religious person, but I would rather have someone say, like, I'd rather have both of you say, like, no, we're staunch atheists because of A, B, and C, than, oh, yeah, we're Christians because I watched a YouTube video once and my mom was and told me it's neat. So that's why. <laughs> it's like, to me, that's not like, I, I, my preference, I would love everyone to be critically minded make decisions based on their behalf and know confidently why they believe the things that they do yeah. and so for me I've seen that uh happen where people would you know carry into their lives like no I I am gonna follow this path and here are the reasons why yeah. and I also know people that have made a different decision and that's one I respect as well because it's it's the intellectual thought that's gone into it and they've arrived at a different conclusion and so for me in my life I've appreciated the fact that I've been invited into other people's lives in a deep and meaningful way. And I've seen people critically, you know, sort out some of the deeper questions in life. And even if they have arrived at different
1: conclusions, I've been honored to be a part of of that process with them. Awesome yeah awesome now my next question is Mm -hmm. kind of in jest okay so just bear with me and one prime example of this question is 2014 the Seahawks came back and beat Green Bay in the Mm -hmm. NFC division game yeah end of the game Russell Wilson's balling God's the reason why we won this game yeah Q 10 minutes later Aaron Rodgers is in the interview God didn't really care give a crap about that game we just crapped the bet. So my question is basically does God really care if the Blue Jays win today? <laughs>
2: no cuz he's a Mariners fan. It is so funny, right? Where I think to me that's always been a funny statement where it's like so what if there were Christians praying on the on the Packers team? Exactly. You know. Yeah. So it's like so does it God love Seahawks fans, you know, th- did he love them 2 weeks later when he threw the interception? Exactly. You know, didn't run the ball to Malcolm Butler. Yeah, but no. So like you can make that argument there's been so many different facets. But yeah. I think it's funny how people just will, or they get an award and then they just, they just think they thank yeah. God. Yeah. And it's like, that might be true, but in most cases it feels just so uh perf- like it's performance driven. Yeah. Like, oh, this is the right thing to do. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. And so it is funny to me how often God gets brought into stuff, how God gets blamed for things or mm-hmm. God gets celebrated yeah. for other things. Yeah, And I just look at it and think, well, what if we, Especially the blaming thing. What if we just stopped and we just all looked at our own lives and said, you know what, maybe Aaron Rodgers, oh, maybe I did crap the bed. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe we should have won that game and that exactly. is how it is. Or maybe God didn't cause A, B and C, you know, maybe God's not out to get me. Maybe I'm just a lazy worker and my boss fired me for proper reason <laughs> or whatever you say. And so it's, it's, it's funny how we attribute and blame God so quickly rather than, in my opinion at least, analyzing the situation and looking at ourselves in the mirror. Uh, and, and the other reality too is I can't, I can't speak on behalf of God. There are times where maybe there are interventions here or there. I know I've prayed, uh, and I've seen I've I've seen pretty awesome things happen and, and people healed of stuff and I've seen God work in people's lives and in my life and I've been changed. But then at the same time I'm not I'm not gonna pray for a Seahawks victory every Sunday or a (laughs) Mariner's victory, you know, today. Because I also think, you know, we're we do have agency, we do have choice, and we have to take responsibility for ourselves. And we can't just say, Well, God does everything, so I'm I'm this helpless agent on earth. It's like, no, we are responsible for ourselves and our lives too, right?
1: (laughs) It just comes (laughs) back. Oh, it's hilarious. It comes back to what you said earlier about the person's faith. Yeah. It's each Those people are just, it's their face, so they're going to thank God first, really. Well, And even he said, too, like, oh, no, like, God told me, I'm going to get back there. And it's like, well,
2: did it look like that last year? Yeah, (laughs) So I I would be hesitant just to to ever throw out, especially in something, I love sports, but something as arbitrary as sports. Exactly. To just say that. There's this divine plan of wins and losses in the regular season or the playoffs, and got spiritually invested in certain
0: teams winning and losing.
1: Well, I think he really hates the Maple Leafs. So that's one. You know
2: what? I
1: know
0: know we've been kind of dancing around, but uh, um, what our listeners don't know is that Brock is actually the the chaplain for the Valley Huskers junior football team. So the question becomes how does religion and sports mix? And obviously, you're sports fans, or you wouldn't be involved the way you are. but it's, it's deeper than that. So what, what is the relationship there?
2: Well, one, well, he just brought it up about how there are people of faith that play, play sports, right? And so people are pers- like, we're, we're people. And so they bring that into whatever they do. And so for me, uh, when I do my introductory uh, talk every year to the, the Huskers football team, I, I mentioned like, the reason why I'm here and why so many other uh, university sports teams, professional teams have chaplains is because you're a person before you're a player. And so that means how you're doing uh, emotionally and spiritually and mentally affects how you do physically on the field. What's going on off the field affects how you perform on the field. And so uh, for me, I look at this as like they're, they're, they're people before they are players. And so part of my role and my responsibility is to, for those who are who wish to seek that type, type of support, is to, to hang out, be there, connect um, and, and meet them and reach people on that level. Cause I look at it as a person, it's like, it's a holistic health. There are different aspects to a human that can make them healthy. And, yeah. and the spiritual aspect and emotional and mental is one part of that. And so that, that for me is where, where I come in. And I, I see that there's a recognition for sure in sports today. And even uh, medically speaking of the fact that you can't, separate the spiritual component from the human existence because it is such a part of how many uh, of so many people so if you want healthy humans that's something that you have to take seriously and consider how all those things link and work together and so for me in my role as chaplain that's for sure how and i i, I love i i love this role i feel honored to be a part of because i love sports and i love helping yeah. people and i'm a religious person so it it really ties things together well but but also there are people on the huskers and people that play sports that aren't religious and and so i i still see sports as, sports and religion mixing really well, because I think, I think religion can teach us a lot about life. I also think sports can teach us a lot about life there's something about grinding in a way in, in a game or in a practice that just doesn't happen in everyday life I, I believe sports it's one of the few places where you can lose today everyone's neat and special and beautiful and amazing and you know neat and a wonderful unique snowflake where in sports the scoreboard doesn't lie you're a winner or you're a loser yep and i feel yeah. that losing teaches you something it does uh in, in a way that just being always being a winner doesn't and so i feel like this when you work with a team when you grind, uh, when you face adversity, it, it produces something inside of you. Uh, sports can do that in a way that other things in life can't. And I feel the same. It, it mirrors a lot, in my opinion, anyhow, uh, of religion. Because like your team... Um, are you know the people that it could be your church right it could be the people you're living life with you're going through a difficult times together you're you're at least how i see how i see it as part of spirituality and growing um, in my instance as a christian is trying to some of those tendencies and behaviors you're trying to develop the discipline and fortitude to strengthen the good stuff um, and then maybe pull back on some of that stuff holding you back and the same would be true like as an athlete on a right. team as you're trying to grow and discipline and strength and all that and so for me, the principles in religion, principles in sports, teach a lot about life. And so I, I can see how they, to me anyhow, they, they fit together Yeah, really well.
1: What I what I really like about this interview and this talk is, um, like I've, I've met, I've known a lot of religious people my whole life, and they're very one-sided, one point of view, it's that point of view. And what I really like about today is you're saying, in my opinion, to me, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. My opinion is this. And you're not saying this is how it is. It's your opinion. I I actually appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the way you're you're bringing it to the table because it's all, well, this is what it's done for me. You're Mm -hmm. not saying this is how it is for you. This is what it's done for me. And I, I really appreciate that that side of things. Oh, thank you.
2: And and I would like to clarify some of the historical stuff I mentioned earlier about the thousands of years. Yeah. That was all off the top of my head. So if someone's researching and they're like, no, no, find that. So that was just off the cuff. So I probably got a bunch of it in the ballpark, but if there is an error or two, then, then so be it. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. Nice. Nice. Really nice. So if you could like, for our listeners, some parting, I'll call it parting words of wisdom that if they're really kind of searching, to, to, to make themselves a better person, to have a better life? Uh, where can they start with religion?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic question. For me, when I, I've written little messages for people and I've handed them Bibles and I've said, when life doesn't make sense, uh, this this book will. Mm-hmm. And so for me, in, in my experience, what I would say is read the Bible. So if other people are in a different culture or a different context or they want to try a different religion, whatever that is, whatever that religious text is, I would say, uh, just read it. And I think people get intimidated. But the good thing is we we have the internet. And so if you're reading, and you're like, I don't understand what this means. You could look up Genesis 37, story of Joseph. What does this mean? And then you can get that. So it's like we have unlimited knowledge at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. And so I feel that if you're going to start somewhere, just start reading or or start, start praying. And just, it seems weird, but something simple as like, you know, God, can you show me something, right? And and I'm here or help me. And for me, if I was, if you were to say to me today, I want to read the Bible, where should I start? My suggestion would be Proverbs, because I feel like if you're, if you're not religious, there's still so much good life advice that's there. It's helpful for anyone. And then I really like Matthew, which is the story of Jesus. And then Genesis, which has a bunch of wild, amazing stories in there as well. And so for me, um, I would say just start somewhere, whether it's a short prayer, whether it's reading the Bible or whether it's someone, you know, have a conversation and, and just begin that process because in my opinion, again, you have to know why you believe what you believe. Yeah. And so that's journey has got to start somewhere yeah. and you got to know why you don't believe the things you don't believe. And you don't know that until you, until you start. Uh, and so that's, that would be my recommendation. Don't be afraid to start and you never know where, where you are going to end up and don't have an end game in mind. Just, just start and then just see what happens.
0: Wow, that's sound advice. I mean, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having and, me. And yeah. it's it's been great. It, and I'll just use the word, it has been inspirational just listening to you speak. And um, it's not just what you bring to the table with respect to your knowledge about religion. You can really tell that you have a passion mm-hmm. that goes along with this. And it, I think that makes a difference. If you, were, if you were going to basically share religion with people, not only do you have to believe, it's that passion that really brings it to mm-hmm. life and motivates people. People. Unfortunately, there's that music again that, that's playing uh, for us. It's it's time to say uh, goodbye to this podcast episode. But before we do, remember, there are so many things we have in our lives that will make our lives better. And religion is only one. Take some time to realize what it may do for you. Religion will have something for everyone. Find out what it means to you. Spiritual growth is so important for our mental health. Always keep this in mind. When you are trying to find that motivation in your life, in your life, and aspect of spiritual growth and find a religion that works for you and use it to live the best life you can. Remember, take advantage of the moment before the moment takes advantage of you. To learn more about eWalkabout, please visit us at eWalkabout.ca. Thank God that the Leafs lost. (laughs) Amen.